ಶ್ರೀಗಣೇಶಾ ನಮ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಸರಸ್ವತ್ಯ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹೆಲೋ ಲಿಸನರ್ಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಈಸ್ ರವಿ ರಂಗನಾಥನ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮಿಂಗ್ ಯು ಟು ದ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ಟೀನ್ತ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಯಹಾ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಸ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಇನ್ ಟುಡೇಸ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಐ ವಿಲ್ ಬಿ ಟಾಕಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಯ ಗೆಸ್ಟ್ ಮಿಸ್ ವರುಣಿಕಾ ರಾಜಾ ಹೂ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಬೀನ್ ಫಾಲೋಯಿಂಗ್ ದಿಸ್ ಪಾಡ್ಕಾಸ್ಟ್ ಹೈ ವರುಣಿಕಾ ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಟು ದ ಚಾಟ್ ವಿತ್ ಪಾಡ್ಕಾಸ್ಟ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಯಹಾ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಸ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಹೆಲೋ ರವಿ ಅಂಕಲ್ ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ ಯು ಫಾರ್ ಹ್ಯಾವಿಂಗ್ ಮೀ ಆನ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಹೆಲೋ ಲಿಸ್ನರ್ಸ್ ವರುಣಿಕಾ ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ ಯು ಫಾರ್ ಪಾರ್ಟಿಸಿಪೇಟಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಚಾಟ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಸೀರೀಸ್ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಯು ಸೇ ಅ ಫ್ಯೂ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಯುವರ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಟು ದ ಲಿಸನರ್ಸ್ ಐ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಆಲ್ವೇಸ್ ಹ್ಯಾಡ್ ಅನ್ ಇಮೆನ್ಸ್ ಅಫಿನಿಟಿ ಟುವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಮೈ ಮದರ್ ಟಂಗ್ ತಮಲ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಅ ಗ್ರೇಟ್ ಅಪ್ರಿಷಿಯೇಷನ್ ಫಾರ್ ಅ ರಿಲಿಜಿಯಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಟ್ರೆಡಿಷನಲ್ ಕಲ್ಚರ್ ಬೀಂಗ್ ಅ ಭರತನಾಟ್ಯಮ್ ಡ್ಯಾನ್ಸರ್ ಮೈ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಒನ್ ಡೇ ಐ ಕೇಮ್ ಅಕ್ರಾಸ್ ರವಿ ಅಂಕಲ್ಸ್ ಪೋಸ್ಟ್ ಆನ್ ಫೇಸ್ಬುಕ್ ವೇರ್ ಹಿ ಟುಕ್ ಅ ವರ್ಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಪ್ರೊವೈಡೆಡ್ ಅ ತಮಲ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ that made it not only understandable to me but also enjoyable in addition to that tremble translation he also explained the meaning of the verse when i asked him about this post he told me that it was his own tamil translation and asked whether i'd be interested in learning more about it and thus from a casual conversation about appreciation of language sparked my journey of learning the bhagavad gita under the tutelage of ravi uncle and throughout the last two and a half years since covid struck we are well on our way into chapter 7 nyana vinyana yoga uncle i have a few questions to ask sure go ahead one of the major recurring concepts that bhagavan communicates is that one must not be attached to the fruits of their labor we are expected to both do our due diligence and do our duties and in the end no matter what the outcome of our efforts are we must not get attached nor let them affect us we must treat both outcomes as one in the same as with all dualities of nature a good example i can think of that builds on this is when i study for my exams i am expected to do my duty and study and in the end not be attached to the results of the exam whether i pass or fail pass and fail are one duality of nature and if both should be treated the same what is then my motivation to put in effort and work hard in the first place this question can come to anyone who has gone through chapter 2 especially for the first time first of all let us be clear that failure is not the same as success bahavan never said that success is equal to failure anywhere he said treat the results with an equanimity of mind this is not the same as pass equal fail the very fact that he says treat them with an equanimity of mind says that they are not the same if they are the same then where is the need for treating them the same also only after an action has been performed and the results are available you can say whether it is a success or a failure a pass or a fail therefore treating pass and fail the same is after the result has occurred and not before that bhagavan said karmanye vadhiharaste until you write the exams you have complete power and authority when you have complete power over your action why should there be loss of motivation 
Don't you want to exercise your power in learning the subject and doing well in the exams? On the other hand, Maathalesu Kadachana, you have no power in dictating the result. It depends on other factors. Also, if you have never opened the book, not done any homework and have returned a blank answer paper, you can bet that you are going to fail. In that case, you cannot go around and say that as per Bhagavan's advice, I am now treating my failure as a success. Then you are cheating yourself. That is not skill in action which he is demanding. Not only treating the pass and fail as the same is after the fact, but it also does not mean you should stop with your failure. You have the power to have a follow-up action. If the result is not to your liking, then you can work further to get more skill and improve the result. That power is in your hands. Wanting to exercise the power you have is motivation. We cannot pick and choose an idea expressed by Bhagavan in isolation. You have to see it in totality. Bhagavan said, Yoga karmasu kaushalam. Yoga is skill in action. If you are skillful in your actions before the exam, can you say for certain that you are going to fail? Passing and failing by themselves are not the same. Also, not getting dejected by a failure is also in your hands. Don't lose your heart on a failure in life, whatever it may be. Say you have studied hard and on exam day you had a fever and could not do well on the exam. Do not sit and cry that your entire life is now in a dustbin because you failed in the test. All those who go to Ivy League colleges are not successful. Bill Gates dropped out and failed to get a college degree. But the same college invited him and gave a honorary doctorate, is it not? This example is not to tell you that you should drop your education or current actions. Idea is to work skillfully on things that you can change or make a contribution and do not fight with things that are beyond your control. In spite of all your sincere efforts, if you fail, then take it in stride and try again. Do not allow failure and sad situations to bring you down psychologically even for a sub-second. Be steady in mind and improve your situation is the advice by Bhagavan. Success and failure are the two sides of the life coin and expect to deal with both of them. When you are successful, you should not say, I am treating success as failure. Treating them the same means don't jump through the roof when you are successful and bury yourself in sadness when you have failure. Do not see your happiness in success and sadness in failure. Knowing the real you is beyond the dualities of the world, do not allow success and failure in the material world to define who you are. Just drop the thought kite that tries to fly in the wind of success as well as the thought anchor that tries to drown yourself upon failure. Have moderation in the emotional swings your mind goes through. Do not go to the extremes. Take the middle ground. Have humility and accept the hand of the unseen in your success as well as failure. Then it is not your success or your failure. The more exhilarated you are on success, the deeper will be your plunge on failure. More you treat them the same emotionally, the more your mind will be calm and serene. Action leads to result 
and result starts another action this chain continues and that is our life in this you have control over your action but not the result so don't allow the result to control you or overwhelm you is bhagwan's advice in chapter 6 bhagwan says uddaret atmanatmanam natmanam avasadet let a person lift oneself by oneself let not lower oneself only when you are down when you are at a lower level you have to lift yourself up failure is one of those situations next time if you are in such a situation approach the situation with more skill and get ahead in life motivation is the power you have over your actions by the way in the us i am seeing that even if students do poorly curving the mark teachers push the student to pass level this was never an option when i was in school my next question is starting with episode 3 and for the next few episodes it carries on you explain the concept of swadharma versus paradharma can you please explain how one can gain clarity on their life path as fitting into which category who is to say that if i drop my duties and responsibilities of today right now and instead seek the path of a famous celebrity such as Beyonce or Elon Musk, a radical shift that might indicate me chasing paradharma, that this shift in my path isn't ultimately what was my destiny. In other words, what if this was my swadharma? How can I gauge this and how does it change as I grow older? Wow, you are piling up questions. It shows you have given some thought to this topic. only with such questions we can dig deep into the lofty philosophical ideas of upanishads and bhagavad gita it is indeed a deep subject i see at least three questions in your question first is how to know what is your swadharma second is whether your swadharma changes as you grow older third is if the swadharma of someone else is in alignment with your own swadharma then is it really paradharma before i answer your questions we need to have a clear understanding of what is swadharma what is its purpose and in what angle bhagavan is talking about swadharma the purpose of knowing our swadharma has a spiritual context as well as a transactional world context what i mean by transactional world context is our everyday life we are living now it is a life with a total identification with the body and thoughts it is the world controlled by the three gunas of the prakriti the goal from a spiritual context is to become the self realized yogi ya pandita yes the prajna from the transactional world context it is to live a happy and peaceful life under all situations to live a life that will help achieve the spiritual goal please note that these two are not mutually exclusive even though that is the idea prevailing in many minds while talking about swadharma we have to talk about swabhava also swabhava also has a spiritual context and a transactional world context so let us see how these two words are used in bhagavad gita first let us see the spiritual meaning in chapter 8 bhagavan says swabhavo dhyatmam uchyate it is said adhyatmam is swabhava swabhava is the expression of our 
real spiritual identity self with capital s it is consciousness swa plus bhava is swabhava swa means self bhava is being it is our being our being is our inner self consciousness this is our essential nature swa plus dharma is swadharma dharma comes from the root word dhir meaning to uphold from an individual perspective what upholds us is not just the body or the mind but our life element we are who we are as long as that life element within us is energizing us that life element is called atma also known as consciousness and that is who we really are says upanishads in bhagavad gita this was taught as sankhya yoga in chapter 2 that is swadharma is nothing but atma the consciousness this is the ultimate spiritual definition bhagavan is asking all of us to remain conscious that we are consciousness he says consciousness is your swadharma and the material world prakriti is paradharma in this context for most of us the swadharma is not clear and difficult to realize and paradharma is easy to attain and the temptation is to seek that paradharma the material world but it only sinks us in samsara so bhagavan says it will induce the fear of samsara and do not seek that we have to understand that the gunas of the material nature of our body and thoughts are interacting with the gunas of the material world and we should watch that interaction drama remaining as a witness and not to identify with them and swim in the sorrows and sufferings that is the spiritual meaning of following your swadharma and not paradharma in this respect swabhava and swadharma are one and the same and are advaitam there is no duality in them swabhava is our swadharma that is being is our dharma our swabhava and swadharma is to be it is just existence the goal of a human is to realize this highest existence state and stay in that state when we climb down to deal with the transactional world it is a different story we move from advaitam to dvaitam we move from non duality to duality though swabhava is the expression of our real spiritual identity this identity when manifested through the body mind ego takes up the gunas of the prakriti and expresses itself as conditioned expressions the gunas come out of the causal body to express itself through the subtle body as thoughts and feelings and through the gross body as actions by causal body i mean the vasanas in normal parlance we talk about the conditioned expressions of the lower self also as swabhava na kartrutvam na karmani lokasya srajati prabhu na karma phala samyogam swabhavastu pravartate neither agency nor actions does the lord create in the world nor union with the fruits of actions but it is one's own nature that engages swabhava is our material nature this is our lower character this comes in chapter 5 as per sanatana dharma this swabhava falls into one of the four varnas chapter 18 explains the swabhava of these four varnas namely 
Brahmins, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas and Sudras. The goal is to go beyond this conditioned nature and realize our unconditioned being Brahman, that is freedom, that is moksha, liberation. The earliest usage of the word Swabhava in Bhagavad Gita is when in chapter 2 beginning Arjuna was making a desperate last bit effort to avoid fighting the war. Do you recall he said, Karpanya dosho bhagada swabhavaham prachamitvam dharma sammoda chetaha. My natural qualities are overpowered by the defects of compassion. My mind is totally confused, he said. Arjuna was talking about his material nature as Sobhava. Here, nature is the inbuilt force within us that is driving our actions as well as the reactions to life in general and life's situations in specific. Underlying this material nature are our likes and dislikes. As response to Arjuna's observation, Bhagavan replied, Swadar mamma vichaveksha avikampitum arhasim dharmyadi yudhyachre yonyate shatriyasyana vidyate. Further looking at your Swadharma, that is your own duty, you should not waver, for there is nothing higher for a Kshatriya than a righteous war. That is, from the perspective of Swadharma, from the perspective of duty, you have to channel those feelings arising due to your Swabhava appropriately. From this verse, it looks like Swadharma is in opposition to Swabhava, but that is not the case. Bhagavan was in fact stressing that using duty, one needs to overcome their material nature. When we say duty, normally we think of duty towards others, but we forget that there is a higher duty for all of us. It is to know who we really are and become one with the Supreme Brahman. No duty is higher than this. Bhavan is directing us towards that duty by telling us how to deal with our transactional duties. It is not our real nature to engage in actions and it is the material nature of the body and mind that is engaging in actions. Unfortunately, we identify with the body and mind and think that we are actually performing actions. Hmm, that is very interesting, Ravi uncle. But please do tell me, how powerful is this Swabhava? Is it possible to overcome this lower Swabhava? If you recall, explaining the power of Swabhava in Chapter 3, Bhagavan asked a rhetorical question. Sadarsham seshtate swasyaha prakritirnyana vanapi prakritim yanti bhutani even a knowledgeable person acts according to his or her own nature. Beings will follow their own nature. What can restraint do? In the last chapter 18, as final concluding remarks, he says, Sobhava jena kaunteya nibadda svena karmana kattum nechasi yanmohat karishasya vashopi tat. O son of Kunti, Bound by your own action, born of your own nature, that which out of delusion you wish not to do, even that you will do helplessly. Bhagavan throws free will into garbage here. Bhagavan says, it is very clear that no one can avoid action because it is inbuilt into our material nature. But not having the right knowledge out of delusion, 
we are all compelled to do even things that we do not wish to do due to our lower swabhava we are all living a helpless life and burying ourselves in sufferings and sadness if that is the case then how does one overcome this swabhava and get out of the samsara of rebirth that is where swadharma comes into the picture through swadharma we have to overcome this bondage in chapter 3 he said shreyan swadharmo vigunah paradharmat swanushtitat swadharme nidanam shreyah paradharmo bhayavah it is far better performing one's own duty though devoid of merit than the duty of another well discharged better is the death in one's own duty the duty of another is fraught with fear finally in chapter 18 bhagavan brings these two ideas together shreyan swadharmo vigunah paradharmat swanishtitat swabhavatniyatam karma kurvannapnoti kilbisham better is one's own duty though destitute of merits than the duty of another well performed he who does the duty ordained by their own nature incurs no sin our swabhava is due to the gunas of the material nature and is the cause of samsara at the same time if we perform our duties propelled by that same material nature we do not incur any sin that is like a spaceship using the gravity of the earth itself to escape the gravity of the earth bhagavan says use actions itself to go beyond actions in conclusion swabhava is the nature of a person and because of it we think we are limited and we are bound in our current life this nature of an individual is the result of their own vasanas also known as samskaras which are impressions created in the mind due to the interaction with the external world over many lives past samskaras give our current likes and dislikes and habits and mental ideas and those become our nature our swabhava in our current life we strengthen our likes and dislikes creating our future vasanas and future swabhava the goal is to cut this cycle by eliminating all vasanas and merge with the brahman by following swadharma are you with me so far yes so from your response it is evident that the path to overcome one swabhava in order to cross this samsara the cycles of birth and death is laid out for us by bhagavan already i suppose it is one's own swabhava that complicates this journey in the first place and either delays or prevents them from actually putting in their due diligence into doing it ravi uncle can you please tell me a little bit more about swadharma that you just mentioned how is identifying our own swadharma possible and is it possible to change our swadharma varunika we saw the spiritual meaning of swabhava and swadharma it was based on the meaning of bhava as being and dharma as something that upholds i also explained swabhava from the transactional world point of view to answer your questions let us understand swadharma from the transactional point of view in sanatana dharma dharma also refers to cosmic laws the laws of nature the rhythm of the universe sanatana dharma means eternal laws scientists are able to understand what is going on even billions of light years away because the material universe is operating under 
certain consistent laws like gravity, X-rays, electromagnetism, etc. If dharma means laws, then swadharma means my laws. That is the code by which I live. Every being has their own internal code of living. Our actions are determined by our inherent gunas, our inherent qualities. Sabhavastu pravartate. It is the sabhava that engages with the world of objects and the internal laws that guide us in these engagements is swadharma. Swadharma is the law of the being. That is, swadharma is the guiding force. These internal laws of how we should live are coming out of our vasanas, our past karmas, our mental varna, the stage in life. That is, a component of swadharma is driven by our sobhava. At the same time, we also have to wade through the laws of the family and the society. That is the other component. The internal laws in conjunction with the external laws become our swadharma. In essence, a certain type of dharma, a certain type of law is influencing each and every individual deep in their mind. Swadharma is the natural law of functioning of a person. The dharma that your mind, intellect and every cell of the body is born with and reflects in your thoughts, speech and action is swadharma. For the transactional world, dharma is understood as a duty to exhaust your vasanas. If swabhava is based on vasanas, swadharma helps us to go beyond those vasanas. Varunika, with what is said, you should have a clear understanding about swabhava and swadharma both from the spiritual point of view and the transactional point of view. Now, we can go into your questions about how to understand our swadharma, whether we can change it or not, what if the paradharma is the same as my swadharma, etc. But, looks like we will not be able to cover that in full in the time left for this episode. So, let us break at this point and continue in the next episode. I definitely agree with you there, Ravi Uncle. Let us take a break and continue in the next episode. Thank you, Varunika. Listeners, tune in to the next episode for the concluding portion of this chat with Varunika. Until that time, this is Ravi Ranganathan along with Varunika bidding goodbye. Until next time, listeners. Oh.